We are back for some more uh, political conversation here. Of course, the caucus just ended uh, last night as uh, we're talking here, and I have this from Emergency Speaking Podcast. I've been on with him a bunch of times. He's been here a couple of times, and we love talking about this stuff. Yeah. Ernest, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. This 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 thing ended as fast as it started. <laughs> Voting started. Thirty minutes later, Trump is Trump's the winner. Like, oh, oh man, yeah, it was. I mean, it was grand opening, grand closing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so this was interesting, man, because so he got fifty one percent, right? And which, depending on how, you, there, there are two ways to look at it. Okay, um, normally getting 51% in a primary field with like four or five people is uh, really good and it's a really big deal. Oh, yeah. Especially like, um, especially the first one, right? Because that, the first one, a lot of times it's split, you know, a bunch of different ways. Yeah. And the winner might only get like 35% or something, right? So... From looking at it that way, then you know that's good for Trump. But another way of looking at it is that he is basically an incumbent, and he he was the president. And now he ran. Now he he was unopposed on the ballot in 2020 when he was running for re-election, right. obviously. Yeah. And he ran up like like 95, 96 percent. Um. So I've seen some people, you know, some basically the people who analyze this stuff saying that him only getting 51% is a bit underwhelming. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard that. Um, now, for Robert's point, I remember in 2016 when he won the Iowa caucus, he, he, he didn't win the Iowa caucus in, tw- in 2016. Ted Cruz won that, and he won it. I yes. Mean, yeah, I think he had 27% of the vote. Trump had 25%. I mean, lower than that. And it, but, but that's point two also. I believe it was like what, four or five people in the, in the race at, at that time anyway. Um, but, you know, yeah, I, I'm a little surprised that uh, he didn't win by more, honestly. Like, I thought even with, with the amount of people in the race, you know, Ramaswamy and, and, and DeSantis and, and Haley, but the vibes you were getting is that Trump should get at least 60% based on the polling. And... You know, 51% is still a big deal. We're wrong. It's a big deal. But you, when you consider this being a little bit of a, of a weird cycle, anomaly, and that kind of thing, it might feel a little, a little disappointing in a sense for Trump. Because um, because the, the logic is that, well, if you call, if the other three guy people on the other side coalesced as a anti-Trump vote in the primary, that would put the, who are they decide to put as the as the, uh, the the opponent for Trump on par with Trump on numbers. That, that's a logic, of course. Um, so, I, I, yeah, you can look at it two ways. I, I think there's something to be said that 51% was just kind of strange. Seemed kind of low, given what where, where we thought this thing was going. And hey, look, I, he's still, I think he's still, still win the primary. He's still going to win the primary. Oh, it, it, yeah. But it's just the numbers. And I think I think there is something to be said. There is, there is still deterioration, I think, a little bit, to some degree, in actual numbers. Now, we'll see when we get to New Hampshire next week and then Super Tuesday in a few weeks of that, but I, I think there's some deterioration to some degree. Yeah, and um, so now, because honestly, I was thinking that w- once it got down to people actually voting, 
that everyone else was just going to crater and he was just going to he was just going to you know vacuum it all up. That's what I thought was going to happen. Right. So that he didn't do that. I mean, even though I mean, again, fifty. You know, normally fifty one percent is a, a big number in the Iowa caucus, but I guess I was a bit surprised that. I guess that um, DeSantis and Haley both had some, any support. I thought, it, you know, because look, I thought everyone else was just complete mirage of candidates. And then and when it came time to actually vote, that everything, it, it was all just going to fade away. Right. No, but I, I, I do think there is like, like, you know, and I have, a, I have a lot of friends myself who are Republicans and, you know, and there is some, there is still some people out there who don't want Trump to be the nominee. There's still all Republicans out there I know that still are, would rather Trump not be on the ballot. You know, at the end of the day. Now, will they vote from it once he's the once, once he's the nominee? Yeah, most likely. But I think there's there's still some energy out there that uh, a, a folks that do not want him to be the representation of the of the party. I think a lot of them believe that if he is the nominee, that he will likely lose. Now. Again, we and you and I discussed this on my podcast a couple times. You know, I I'm still very skeptical about the whole election in general because, again, you got a current president right now that while you may believe he's doing a good job and doing things, which I tend to agree with, he's he's doing things. It's not registering in in the same way to 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 the electorate. I mean, the fact of the matter, the polling numbers have shown that he is a very unpopular president. His numbers are in are like comparable to Jimmy Carter 1980. You know, but. Again, the anomaly here is that you have uh, the other side, Donald Trump, who will likely be the nominee, who is also a very unpopular uh, um, a president, you know, and you know, run, for, run for the election. It's it's a weird cycle, and I, you know, we really can't put our finger on this on the situation. And really, be honest with you, it's very it's a very fascinating situation though. Outside of the whatever voting, whatever like uh, you know, party you you affiliate yourself with, it's a very this as a as an observer and as a fan of politics, it's actually quite interesting to see to see what's going on here and what, and what we're about to see in the months to come. Yeah, and so now actually I'm looking at something here. Now there was a, a recent poll of Georgia now, mm-hmm. and it has. But this is this is, this is an example of sample not being correct, um, being bad. <laughs> so it it has Biden trailing Trump. But this sample is it's Republican plus thirteen, and yeah, and so and is, and is that a is that a Republican um, leaning? Because some some of these polls you'll know like if you, if you follow this stuff like you know if if uh, Rasmussen does a poll you know that's a, a, a lean red poll you know it's Quinnipiac yeah. it's mostly a lean left poll there's certain polls my 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 signs look for years on this I I would take a Rasmussen poll. And a Quinnipiac poll and and put the number in the middle. Whatever number they have on side, I'll take the number down the middle, and that'll be the number I I, I would market at. Um, but again, and you explained this, you actually explained this very well on my podcast a few months ago when me me you and my friend uh, Big Jim were on the show that the polling today in 2023 is different now because of you know first off you have people who are aren't being polled in the same way they used to. You know, cell phones aren't being picked up as the same as used to. All these, all these pollsters still call landlines. Landlines aren't necessarily a thing like, uh, anymore like they used to be. So there's a lot of inconsistencies there in the polling, which I agree with. But again, this whole thing is so wonky because 
You look at polling on Twitter and polling here and polling there. It's so up and down. I've seen polls where Biden's leading big in, in uh, on Twitter, but in other polls there, Trump's leading big. I mean, in the day, um, it comes down to you know these are, these are two guys most likely, and come November, people gonna go, we're gonna vote for, it, and that's it. Yeah, and so a lot of it's going. I mean, it's gonna be turnout's gonna be a big factor in a lot of places. Um, yeah, and then put this way. No, in every election, because of the just because of the way the electorate is now, right. the Democrat they're both going to every both both people are going to get at least forty five percent. Yeah, in in the general election, and then out of that ten percent, it's so like basically you're fighting over ten percent, and I think the Republican nominee hasn't gotten more than forty six percent since Bush. Bush, you know, George W. got. 51% in 2004. Right. Um, since then, the Republican nominee has not gotten more than 46%, I don't think. Right. And so it's just, it's a matter of will the Democrat get, will they get over 50 and run it up? And then, if you know, if the Democrat gets over 50, they're winning. If it's in that 48, 49 range, then it's going to come down to, you know, individual states. And then that's where those, Voter restriction laws come into play. How many right. people get knocked off the rolls because of that type of stuff? Or other shenanigans. And so, I'm still I'm still cautiously op, cautiously optimistic because incumbent incumbent presidents tend to get reelected. There are a few exceptions, and Trump being one of the exceptions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and. So when you look at what I'm doing, I mean, uh, I think the only one, I mean, usually it's, I mean, there's tangible, really bad stuff going on, not like perception yeah. of bad stuff. Right. Um, and that's the difference. I mean, like with Biden, yeah, there's a lot of, there's, there's a perception of, you know, because there are people who think that there's, oh, inflation is terrible. And then you look at the actual prices in some of these places and it's not true. Um, you know, and. So that type of stuff usually does not doom an incumbent. Like, I mean, when when Carter lost, there were gas lines. There were lines at the gas station because there was an embargo and there was a hostage situation going on in Iran. And we were and there was, you know, and like, you know, it was there were there was this really just avalanche of tangible bad things going on. Um, You know, Bush 41, there was a recession uh, that was affecting people. And. I mean, and with Trump, I mean, you had the you had the COVID pandemic, mm-hmm. you know, which, however, the election would have turned out without that. That definitely, I think, pretty much doomed him to failure. Right. Uh, well, this one, I mean, obviously, you have you know the economy, which you know numbers wise, say is doing well, but if you ask people on the ground, they're going to say something different, which I, I understand. You know, you also have the situation in the Middle East now, you know, and I think that's a sleeping giant situation in the sense where. In certain states where I spoke I think this on the podcast we did a couple months ago, where Michigan, for example, you have a Arab American population of twenty thousand uh, Arab Americans. Biden won that state by ten thousand votes. Now, the rhetoric right now is a lot of Arab Americans have have said they're not going to vote for Biden this coming election. Now, that doesn't mean to vote for Trump, but not going to vote for Biden. Now, 
will they change their mind come November of this year when things have tempered down? You assume tempered down by then. I don't know. But there's a lot of other things out there that could ham- could also put Biden in trouble. Obviously, the age stuff, we know that. We, we talk about that stuff over and over and over again. You know, Donald Trump's only two, two years younger than he is, or three years younger than he is, you know. Um, you have all that. So there's still a lot of hurdles here that Joe Biden and Democrats have to clear to, to, to where I would feel confident as a voter um, that he can be reelected. Um, you know, so it's one of those things where, like, this cycle is, is pretty open-ended in a lot of ways because, you know, again, the average voter doesn't, doesn't necessarily follow the way we, you and I do. You know what I'm saying? They, they don't, they just see, call me bad, gas prices high. Who's president? It's your fault. Boom. End discussion. And it's not that simple, obviously. But the average consumer, the average voter in this country, don't look at the details. It is what it is. They should, but they don't. And that's right. the majority. Of, that's, and that's the majority of the electorate. That's true. Now, now I still think. Put it this way, I think. I think he. I. I would say he most definitely can get reelected. It's just you know, will he? And you mean Trump or Biden? Biden. Yeah. And um, you know, if I had to bet today, I would. I would bet on him getting reelected because I still think that when it comes down to it. You know, it's going to, it's, you know, you got to choose between him and Trump. And this isn't like, put it, I was more worried about, I was much more, I was more worried about Mitt Romney beating Obama in 2012 at one point because, um, you know, Mitt Romney's not crazy. <laughs> and he's not crazy. He's a smart guy. He's actually a good politician. He's also, yeah. Um, very moderate in issues where Democrats can say, I like that guy. Like on healthcare, for example, he had something similar to Obamacare in, in Massachusetts called Romney Care, which was yeah. very popular. So you had those things where, you know, yeah, I, I agree with you. Romney was someone I, 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 I any other cycle on, um, let's say Obama wasn't, wasn't around, I think he might have won that election. Right. Now, this, now, and, and the thing, now, the thing with Trump is that, you know, for all the stuff about, you know, age and all that stuff. Yeah. When when you actually listen to Biden talk, he he sounds coherent. He sounds just fine. When, when you actually that. when you actually listen to him talk and not just the memes or the little out of context, you know, stuff and everything. Whereas with Trump, within or out of context, it's just like, dude, what the hell are you saying? Oh, dude. See, again, you just where you and I different everybody else. Like, I don't get involved. I don't get not. I don't get bogged on all that all all, all semantics. End of the day. It's, you know, I'm an MPA. You know that. I'm a non-party fully. I've been an MPA since 2008. Um, to me, it, it, to me, it's simple. I, I don't need to be convinced of anything else. Like, I'm a policy guy in the day. Which guy champions the policies I agree on? And look, I have a lot of issues with Democrats. I really do. But, uh, uh, are they strong enough on every issue? They should be? No. But the reason why I vote Democrat in, in the last six cycles is because they are closer as a party to the things I care about, healthcare and other things of that nature, than Republicans are. You know, a lot of folks like who like Donald Trump mostly like him because of the vibes, and I get oh, that. Yeah. I, I, I guess I look. I, I look as someone who's not a Trump voter, I totally understand the appeal of Donald Trump. I totally understand it. You know, because you know politicians, you don't trust the government, trust Washington, you know, you don't trust Washington D.C. You know, here's Donald Trump on rhetoric now, rhetoric, not necessarily on 
actual policy and actual things, you know, is kind of a bowl of china shop. And folks like that shit. Folks like that. They like something that's totally different. But in the day, for me, it, it comes down to, it comes down to policy. What policies do you champion? And every time I ask Republicans what policy they care about, they don't. They, a lot of them can't answer the question. And to me, they ask me why I'm over Joe Biden in 2020 is because policy. <laughs> I mean, I, I, again, I'm not the guy you're gonna argue with about vibes and the culture wars. I don't give three shits about culture wars. I care about policy. And you know, you know, top of mind for me always is healthcare. And Democrats, they may not get it right 100%, but they are closer to the things on I care about on policy than the Republicans are. It's, to, to me, it's really simple for me, of the two. Yeah, I guess for me, it's, it's been that way. I mean, it's been that way for for longer. I mean, yeah. and it's for me. I mean, I mean, I mean, Rob, because I'm I'm a former Republican for the record. I'm a former Republican. The last Republican I voted for was in 2004. I voted for, for W. Bush in for re-election. So I'm not I'm not coming out of some left wing silo and all this stuff. I just this is what I care about now. I care about policy. And again, Democrats, most Democrats, about policy in in the ways Republicans don't. Yeah, I mean, um, I just. I can't think of a, you know, I can't think of a Republican policy <laughs> that I actually, where I'm actually like, okay, yeah, I'm. Not anymore. That. Mitt Romney's I mean, the last guy I actually considered voting for because Mitt Romney was, you know, healthcare was kind of close to where I was. Like Obama and him and Obama are actually on the same wavelength on, on, on healthcare. So to yeah. me, it, it was almost a win-win for me in a sense at, at, in, 20, in 2012. And now, um, put it that way, I, mean, I fully, I, un, I would, I understood if somebody voted for Mitt Romney. Yeah. Yeah. Um, with again with Trump, like I said, it's just, it's, it's just vibes. Um, now as far as this primary, um, okay, so, so you're, you're kind of more wired into DeSantis land than I am. Well, I'm, I live down here, yeah. So yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> what exactly, you know, from, from your view on the ground there, what, what exactly? Like I'm saying, what went wrong, or was he was he ever right at all as a presidential candidate? I mean, because from out here, I'm in Maryland. From 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 out here, it looks like he was never right about anything. As a he was never right as a presidential candidate. Well, um, if you're if you're a Republican, um, that vote for the Sanders over Trump, you know the vibe was I like him a lot. Wait your turn. That was the vibe here the last couple of years. Wait your turn. Um. And they also wanted him to wait because they wanted him to complete the four years as governor here first before he uh, decides to run for president. So 28 would have been his time. Um, it's still it's still Trump world here, honestly. It's still um, between the two. Um, it's still Trump world. Um, and you know, obviously, there's, there's been some deterioration with, with DeSantis as of late because some of the culture war stuff now is starting to backfire a little bit as well too. Um, even with independence, you know, like yeah, we like so many policies, but at the same time, like enough of the woke stuff. Enough of the, you know, banning books and all that stuff. That's ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? Just cut it out. So I think DeSantis leaned into that too much to the point where he started alienating a lot of the independent voters, which now when you put that on a national platform, hey, the rest of the West country is not the way you think it is. It's a lot more normal than you give credit for. Um, and even Republican voters are like, hey, listen, um, there's all this, all this, anti, all this anti-woke, woke this and that, this and that. Enough. Hey, we're getting sick and tired of hearing it. Um, so that's why he is plummeting the polls because once you demand it off, once you saw who he was, he was not very charismatic. Number one, let's start there. That's something Trump has some in spades, obviously. 
um, his policies, you know, um, you know, I mean, the policies of him and Trump are like a wash, but it's just the fact he's not very charismatic and he he leans into the culture war stuff and people are just sick and tired of it. That's why he's feeling he's struggling the Colts now. That's why that's why Nikki Haley. Now, granted, Nikki Haley came in third in, in Iowa, but Nikki Haley was not supposed to come in second place anyway. DeSantis was the favorite to win Iowa, actually, to be honest with you, or at least come in second, clear second. The fact that him and Nikki Haley were close in Iowa, it's a bad sign because Nikki Haley should win New Hampshire with, with ease. I mean, at least second second New Hampshire man Trump with ease. She should clean up well in, in, in Super Tuesday. So I don't, I don't, to be honest with you, I think after Super Tuesday, DeSantis will be done. I mean, I could be wrong. We'll see how the numbers bear out, but I, I don't see this going over DeSantis in the end of the day. Because um, I guess from like I said, from 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 out from outside of Florida, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, it just it looks to me like, and me and some of the other folks I know, um, he he's he's not going he's he's not going to give up. He's not going to get out because you know he didn't. It'd be, I guess, embarrassing or humiliating, even though he's coming, I mean, he's going to get stomped all over anyway. Well, but, he should, but to be fair, though, he shouldn't leave either because you have a guy that's leading the polls that might not be able to run, who might be in jail. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but there's that possibility of Donald Trump not being able to be to fulfill his duty as president, assuming he gets elected or not. You know, so he should stay in the race. I mean, hypothetically speaking, so should so Nikki Haley. So, there's that hanging over the entire the entire country for the next like twelve months. So no, he shouldn't lead the race unless he's sees on path of winning it. You know, I think I think these three will make it to Super Tuesday, and after Super Tuesday, which is, I think is in early March, right, or maybe late February. Um, early, yes, it was early March. Yeah, early March, right. Once you get down to that point, then we'll know a lot more. Um, I don't I don't think any of these got, any of these two, any of these three will lead lead the uh, the um the race um after New Hampshire. I think um. Barring some ma- catastrophic thing that happens in New Hampshire, I don't. I see these three being the nominee, still being in the race, and these two Super Tuesday, and from from there we'll figure it out. Yeah, I think so too. And uh, so now, um, Vivek. Yeah. Now, yeah. We thought now he he was a fraud all along. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I mean that. Um, to me, he he I mean, he he's. He, he sounded like a complete con man. I mean, to me, anyway. Awesome. I mean, because, you know, yeah, just he sounded to me like he's one of those people that sounds really smart. If you don't know what he's like, if you don't know any of the subjects he's talking about. Right. True. No, I agree. I, I, I'll give him credit for this, though. He took a lot of shots and he, he took shots. He took shots in the media. He took shots on the debate stage and he took it head on like, like a champ. Like, look, I'm not a fan of his, but. He didn't run from questions. He he just he took the shots and on. Yeah, and I guess in the beginning, I'm not I'm not surprised that it ended for him <laughs> here. Oh yeah, I, and, I, I I tell you, me he'll he'll get through Iowa. And that's it. And then now, uh, because I saw like some of those some reporting where they talked to some of the voters there, and he it looks like in you know, some at least in, to some degree he got his um you know what Paul Mooney called his uh. In word wake up call from Dave Member Paul Mooney calls him. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, because um, there was, I mean, there were some people that some of these reporters talked to that were saying, oh, that, you know, he sounds like a Muslim and he sounds Arab and, you know, that type of thing. Um, and so, 
I mean, Nick, of course, Nikki Haley has been doing everything to convince you that she's anything but that. Yeah, Nikki Haley, is, oh. she's just a fraud, dude. I, I can't. I, I don't like her. She's also a warmonger. Like, there's, there's not, there's not one Republican on this, on this, on this ticket that I would even consider one for. Like, the, the, in the past, there have been, been some I, I would have voted for. You know, had, depending on the situation, you know. 2016, I actually like John Kasich. He was, I thought he was very, very moderate, very common sense guy. You know, probably could vote for him in 2016. Um, there's nothing on this ticket that's, that says, you know, hmm, I vote for you. No, not Vivek, not 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 DeSantis, not Nikki Haley, certainly not Trump. So, like I said, it's, it's one of those things where like the appeal is so, at least on my end, is so not for me, man. It's not for me, and and and, and they're moving further further away, right for me, too right for me now. Yeah, now, now you're saying this all this this anti woke stuff that DeSantis was doing is not playing well in Florida. I was curious. It's about not. That. It's not. It's not now. Like to independence. Like obviously to the people on the on the right who love him, you know, are going to sit there and say, oh well, you know, anti trans this this and that, and I get all that. But to to normal people, it, it's enough. It's too much. If that's all you represent, then what else do you, what, what what are you for? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it, it, it gets to the point where, like, okay, enough already. Yeah, and uh, now... And, and, no, and, I... and, okay, and I'm someone at one point did consider him over DeSantis at one point for governor. One point, I did, I did consider it. I, I thought, look, this is not a very popular take. I've said this on my podcast many times, but I'll say it again. I thought initially he handled COVID okay in the state. Okay? Well, he lost his way with all the woke shit. Or the, the anti-woke shit, rather. Yeah, and I guess... It's it's that whole thing. It's 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 funny. <laughs> not, I mean, not like funny, haha. But it's just um, how that just became a thing. Yeah. Um. And now it's almost like well, because yeah, I mean, it's it's just it's kind of bizarre. I mean, you know what? You know, you know what, Rob? You know what's the thing though? Honestly, I, I I in watching the the way this the political process has played out in the last twenty and thirty years. Do you know why it's a thing now in the last, say, eight years? And Trump is, has, is part of this reason why. But the reason why, is, it's, it's very simple. Republicans have nothing to stand for anymore. They don't, they don't stand for anything politically speaking, policy-wise. Like, ask them a policy they champion. Like, give me, okay, they're like the anti-Roe v. Wade. And you saw how that backfired. Yeah. Like, you can't use that anymore. Because that's the one thing Democrats have in their arsenal. Like, if, if you work about Democrats winning the election this year, that's the one thing they also do have that can, could get them to, to, to win the White House again in 2024 is, you know, the fact that the anti-abortion thing. You've seen states, red states now, pushing back on that. What do Republicans stand for anymore? They, they, they coddle the flag. They coddle all, all these other things. But what policies do they, are they championing anymore? I can't find one. And, I, and I'll be honest, I say this. I can't, I can't find a policy that they champion that even half the electorate actually agrees with. So it's, it's all it's all woke this woke that and and all the all the crap. That's all they have. Yeah, and um now the I was worried that they were going to get some traction with some of the anti-trans stuff because I mean I I know some people for whom that's still like you know they still don't know what to make of all of it and. You know, and 
you know, and they, you hear them talking about you know, agendas and you know, this type mm-hmm. and the other. Right. Um, but I think for the average person, like, it's, it's not like, like, there aren't a bunch of people, like, you're not running into a bunch of trans people and trans advocates who are shoving all this stuff in your face every day. Right, like right. You, you, in your real life, you, you barely see it at all. Like, I, 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 I think one of the problems is that it's because it's, it's so, just the sudden shift of, of that has been so drastic in such a short time that even people who are empathetic to that world still are trying to adjust. Like, they don't want to be force-fed this stuff either, too. You know what I'm saying? Like, we, we yeah. agree on freedoms and that, but that's not also force-free to shit in my face also, too. And I, I, can, I can understand that to some degree, you know? But that's why I think that's why it, it, this, this is a lane where I think Republicans try to use a, a lane to get traction. And I, and I see what you're saying there, why you, you worried that they could get traction there because of being force-fed things that may feel uncomfortable to some degree, I guess. Yeah, and um, and you know, because and especially when it came to like a lot of this stuff with like kids' sports in school, I thought I was Correct. really worried there because yes. with that, because honestly, because look, there are that is a subject where like people are just making it up as they go along as far as how yeah, to handle some degree. it. I mean, and, there are there are some legitimate arguments in that discussion. Some some legitimate, not all of it. There's some legitimate arguments in there about what's fair, who's be racing, this and that. Like you know, it's like you know, should a male a, a male born person who's not female be able to race with females? I think I think there's a legitimate argument to be, to be to be raised there. But otherwise, the other stuff around that, you know, the other thing right, I, but, I always say is this: leave the kids out of it. Other than that. If you're an adult, do the hell you want. I don't give a shit. Yeah, and not now, because and there's also kind of a caricature where there's this there's this caricature where you know the the trans person who wants to play with the play the girl sport. There's a caricature where where somebody like me who's six one and two hundred seventy pounds and you know and wanting to play girls lacrosse or something, right? And right. you know it, and in in reality, that's not what it is. Okay. Right. And, and, and also, it's not really even a thing, like a, a big thing. Like, is, does it exist? Yes, exists. Okay, fine, it exists. But uh, uh, what percentage of that stuff actually exists across this land? Like, right. Because, I mean, some of percent And I mean, there are some whole states where it's like two kids in the whole state. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, okay, well, what do you, and then, and then the other thing, and that's what makes it weird because, well, two kids in the whole state, does that even warrant a policy? No. No, or or is that should that strictly just be case by case? Right. Know, and it, you handle right, hand, mm-hmm. handle it case by case. Um and I mean but, in any even scientifically speaking, it's not it, how to handle it. Because right. yeah, I've seen some people, you know, some scientists or some people say, well, just you know, we just go off of, you know, hormone levels, right? If you're above a certain amount of testosterone, then you got to play the, with, you know, play boy sports. Right. Um, of course, the problem with that is you have some, you know, you have people who are not trans, like, um, like I forgot the woman who was, I think she ran track. She, um, 
over in Africa, I think. Um, mm-hmm. I forgot her name, but she had like a, she had like a naturally high level of testosterone, and she's been put through all these tests and scrutiny, and you know, um, for not being a woman, and that happens, right? You have, I mean, so if somebody has a naturally high level of testosterone, but they're not, you know, but they're not trans, not identifying as trans, they're just, you know, or whatever, then what do you do? Because then they get caught up in all of this. And they're, and, you know, um, so it's it's a very, it's one of those things, you know, I was worried they, they because it's, that they would exploit that and they, cause, because there's just, in general, people, people don't know the science behind it. And the science, and the science behind it is not easy to explain either. Um, yeah. And that's the other thing. Um, so I, I mean, I thought I, I was concerned that they were going to really exploit that, you know, just take advantage of people's just for lack of a better word, ignorance and confusion about it all. Um, but it goes, but, it, goes to, it goes to show you though, though, like you know, if that is the thing they're gonna piggyback their hopes and dreams of winning, winning, you know, seats in the houses, seats in the Senate, White House, that whole kind of thing. Again, policy, <laughs> worry on policy, and that goes to show you that they they don't have a policy. They find these little fringe issues and run with it, if you will. Yeah. And people fall for this stuff too. Also, I, I don't get it. Um. Well, because I mean, some of the stuff. Well, one thing, I mean, because um, like just the the degree of fear mongering. Um, because you know, I I mean, I got a little bit of a glimpse behind the scenes of right wing land. Mm-hmm. Of you know, because um, well, my ex wife, she uh, she did some graduate stuff at Regent University with um, mm-hmm. you know Pat Robertson's place. Right. So. You know, she can, of course, you know, some of the classes she was in, I went with her a couple of those like panel discussion things. Mm-hmm. And when, like, when you, and man, when you get like the, the uncut version, <laughs> when you see the uncut version of this stuff, yeah. Um, like people want to like get rid of public schools, just get rid of them altogether because they think that, well, it's not necessary. And it, and they think that they, if you're privileged enough to be able to get a, you know, pay for an education and you should get one and otherwise it's not necessary. I mean, there are people who like in right wing land who believe that. And when you, yeah. when you hear, when you hear them say this type of stuff, it's like, wait a minute. What, what really? Yeah. Um, and, and part of, and then like in with the fear mongering, like in some, like some of these folks legit, they really believed it. Like if you, if you go to, you know, if you say if you go to a hotel in downtown Washington or downtown New York or some major metro area, they really believe that you that you can't leave your hotel room at night. Right. That it's, it's not safe. That it's like a demilitarized zone outside of, you know, your hotel room in the middle of downtown. And they really believe this stuff, yeah. you know, and they really believe that there are, you know, thousands of people crossing the border with fentanyl and. And um, you know, I, it, it's it's kind of scary. <laughs> it is scary, man. It really is. And, and, and they they do prey on information voters. You know, it, it's a sad thing, obviously. Um, but people need to need to, need to rise up and to uh, look. I'm not saying who to vote for and what side to vote for, 
But do your own research. Do your own information. You know, it's out there. You know what I mean? Don't fall yeah. into the traps of, of all these things. You know, question question everything. Even, 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 on, even on the Democratic side, especially. Question, question everything. Is oh, this yeah. right? Is this, you know what I'm saying? There's, there's nothing wrong with that. Because um, I mean, so, I... I, mean, I, I I stay out of a lot of foreign policy conversations because, like, they're, I mean, they're, I mean, because there are people on the left who they throw out words like war crimes. Yeah. And for me, look, I'm a military brat. You know, my dad was a military man. If you're going to, if you're going to start talking about, if you're going to use the words war crimes, then I need you to tell me what the damn crime, what, what the crime is. Right, exactly. I need you to tell you, me, like, if you can't you, say things to say the same things. That sounds good. You can't just say war crime. Like what? Okay, well, what international law did they break? If you're you're talking about war crimes, right? Like, exactly. What you can't just throw the word war crime out there, or you know, or for me, like when you know all that stuff with Edward Snowden was happening, right? I mean, I, like I know people who work at DOD and who worked in intelligence, and they were all livid at the guy. And you know, and these were not like these weren't right wing people or whatever. It's just it was just like. People who know about that stuff, they'll look. They'll tell you like dead ass, like that that dude didn't know what the hell he was talking about. He just right. he just took a bunch of stuff. He had no idea what he was taking, mm-hmm. um, and he just starts throwing around words like surveillance state and you know things like that, and and will have you thinking that there's literally somebody in Fort Meade listening to your phone every day. Yeah, yeah, you know, and with no warrant. <laughs> and, yeah, exactly. And, you know, and it's like, no, that, you know, I mean, I know enough to know that, that you know, the FISA court is a real thing. And yep. wh- while they do tend to get almost all their stuff, they get their warrants approved almost all the time. But knowing the difference between, okay, well, well, no, the NSA does not monitor domestic phone calls. So, no, they don't. They're not. They're not. You know, they're not listening to your phone when you call one of your buddies. They're not doing that. Right, exactly. Um, you know, now if you if you now, yes, if you're talking to somebody out of the country, they can jump all over that, you know, because that's, you know, because because now that's, you know, international spy stuff and whatever. And, you know, they, they do whatever the hell, you know, I mean, if or if you're or if you're out of the country and you're communicating with somebody else out of the country, then then, yeah, they do. They do the spy stuff. Right. If, if they think you're of course. doing something. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But. You know, if you're, you know, if you're talking to your uncle or whatever, and you're both in the United States, then no, they're not doing that. Like, like, no, they're not monitoring you. You know why? Well, mainly because you're not that important. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, if or at the very least, if you're doing something, you know, then you you at least need to get your agencies right. You know, it's mm-hmm. not the NSA that's going to be tapping your phone. It's going to be, you know, the FBI. And, you know. And, you know, and so just, again, I stayed out a lot of those conversations because, you know, um, you can't win. I mean, when you, when you try to, you know, some, you know, you try to explain to people that, you know, um, that no, that's not how it works. Well, you, you don't know that, you know? Right. So, and so I, I stay out of those conversations with, you know, as far as with, you know, I'm, Kind of more left wing people that I know because it's just, you know, so yeah, I mean, but a lot of it is just fear mongering. Fear mongering is just a big part of so much of this, and yeah, and it's and it's, and it's, it's down on steroids down the last eight years. 
Oh yeah, because maybe a little longer, but yeah. Because now, I mean, because I swear, if you, if if you're trying to if you want to show me the truth and you point me to a YouTube video, I'm just like, okay, bro, no. Right. <laughs> Seems like, like no. Right. Okay. <laughs> like, exactly. You know. You can do better than that, obviously. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just, well, you know, I, right. And But I guess, I, don't, I mean, I've, you know, I've had way too many people just point me to that as, well, this, you need to watch this. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, what, you know, once you get to the, the, all these rabbit holes and stuff, it's like, okay, enough. You know, yeah. words for brains, we call that. Yeah, and like the whole thing with Pizzagate, right? I mean. Yeah. Like, Cause like, you know, they were trafficking children in the basement of a pizza parlor. Didn't have a basement. That's what I'm saying. Don't don't have to try hard. You don't, if you don't like Hillary Clinton, just to say you don't like her. You don't have to go lie about it. Like this, this say you don't like her, like the policies, and call it a day. Oh wait, you can't because you probably don't know the policies that either either candidate is, is presenting. So therefore, you go this route to justify your reasons for going for the other guy. Yeah, and now in her case, it's, I mean, it's like this. Well, there was just a revenge thing against her because maybe she was um, she's one of the lawyers for the on or one of like the legal assistants on the prosecution against Nixon. Yeah, and that's where all of this all of this shit with her that's where it started. Mm-hmm. Um, like the vendetta. You know, so I mean, there really has been a vendetta against her. And of it course, goes back, yeah. It goes back that far, and then <laughs> you know, then she ends up being the first lady, and that just you know that escalated everything. <laughs> Of course, um, the Clintons, of course, came in came in a lot of, a lot of controversy to themselves. Yeah, white yeah. water, the whole nine. Yeah, now I mean a lot of that was again it was turned it was there were small things that were turned into big things for partisan reasons and but it just it I don't know, it, like you said they, they can't actually name any policies but but even in like in 2016 when she was running against Bernie and you know when people. That whole thing about that crime bill, right? And yeah, you know, I would tell people like, well, okay, well, she didn't, she wasn't in Congress, she didn't, vo- she didn't have a vote, she, she, did, you know, she couldn't vote for the bill because she wasn't in Congress. She didn't write the bill. Um, yeah, I mean, so she had nothing to do with it. I mean, she supported it because, I mean, yeah, because I mean, the first lady doesn't go around opposing policies that the president is, is trying to get passed. You know, at at the most they might stay silent, but they don't go around opposing it. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, and yeah, you know, and it's it's, but you know, it's it's just it's yeah. I mean, it's 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 funny. Um, yeah. So, but again, so I guess so to wrap this up. Uh, so Vivek is out. He's out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we both think Nikki and DeSantis will be in at least till Super Tuesday. And I, and I think Nikki's going to win New Hampshire. Well, let's say win. It's like, okay, Trump wins everything, for the record. So let's take out Trump on the, the equation. It's a, it's a battle of second place. That's, that's where the most interest in this race goes. So I think Nikki Haley will win New Hampshire next week. I think she'll do well in comparison um, against DeSantis in Super 2 as well, too. So I think it'll be between Haley and Trump. My, my, my prediction, anyway. Yeah, and I guess, and then the question now, and then it becomes now it becomes a money question also, like because we don't know what her fundraising is looking like. Um, she has gained so, steam though. She has gained steam last couple months though. Let's be real. The Sanders is going is one going one way, and the Hill is going another way. 
Yeah. And so I, I guess a big factor is going to be like, do, do, do the money people get behind her and start giving her money, like like real money to. They don't have a choice. If, 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 if they don't want Trump to be the nominee and they want the time is now. Yeah, that's true. Because um, because I remember that like with uh, was it Tim Scott? That, I mean, there were a lot of reports that they were very skittish about giving him any money. And um, you know, one one big question was the whole thing about his you know relationship status. Yeah, which is so silly, but whatever. Optics, I guess optics matters in politicians on both sides too. So whatever. Yeah, and um. It's just so dumb. Can you, like, like it's, 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 it's so stupid. Like, can you do the job? Can you do the job? I don't care. Are you married? I don't care. Be married, gay? I don't give a damn. Can you do the fucking job <laughs> that you're hired to do? Yes. Yeah. Cool. Go, go do the job. Right. And then, you know, and the, and the idea that it's, you know, some people think it, well, it's weird for him to be fifty something years old and single and never married. I guess I mean, well. Uh, it's definitely different, but it's, again, it's a big world, it's there, like, man. Well, but then it's like, look, I mean, you, you kind of have a window, right? I mean, like, to meet people, right? I mean, you meet a lot of people when you're in college. You know, you meet a bunch of people when you're out there early on in your working career or whatever. But mm-hmm. if yeah. if it doesn't happen for you after a certain point, I yeah. mean, you just, you know, you're not, you're not around people socially. You're not, you know, I mean... As much, and he's a senator, so he's you know fundraising and doing this, that, and the other. I mean, um, it's not, it's you know, it's not crazy the idea that you know after getting to a certain age, if you haven't met anybody, that just not meeting you, you're not, just not, maybe you're not going to. I mean, that's not out of the question, but yeah. it was enough to basically. Look, I, I don't think he had much of a real shot anyway. But whatever whatever sliver of a chance he had of getting any traction, that completely just tanked it. It seems. Yeah, it's, it's, again, silly. Just changing changing the times. Like, people are not used to everyone's tradition. I get I get to being traditionalist, but look, I don't give a damn if you're single, married, not married, whatever. If you do the damn job, in fact, to be honest with you. Him not being married may actually be a benefit because the fact of the matter is not saying him necessarily being president, but anybody in, say it's ex politician. If you do the job, not have more about a family, even, even better. I would True. say. And more time to get to your job. That's all. That's true. So we uh we're definitely like interesting process here. We still got some weeks to go before this all oh, gets yeah. sorted out. I love this stuff, man. It's great. <laughs> Awesome. Um, and look, I mean, I, as much as I argue with you about polling, look, I mean, I do love following it. It's just, yeah. I get, yeah, I mean, so we'll, it just, yeah, we'll, we'll see where this all goes and it's, yeah. it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. Absolutely. So look, man, thanks again. Uh, of course, of course. And so as always, tell everybody, plug whatever you need to plug. Oh, you see me, of course, on the Earth Speaker podcast every Every week, well, like multiple times a week, um, I'll call any podcast catcher. My YouTube page, of course, at YouTube forward slash at Ernest Christian. Um, you'll be on my show actually twice next week. You're going to be doing my Earthing podcast with me and our mutual friend, Duke Bennett. Uh, we're going to talk about some, some of the same stuff here. We're talking about here politics. We'll also, preview Royal Rumble. 
And I think also next week as well, too, you, yourself and your other co-host on your wrestling podcast, DJ, uh, we come on the show to do another watch along yet um, of the 1989 Royal Rumble. Yep. So and that's on my that's on my wrestling retrospective podcast. So I've been having a really good time with you guys um, recording that show with you guys. So it's been fun, man. It's been yeah, a lot of fun. fun. A lot, a lot. And you know what? It's good to find people actually who can actually um, smack in my era of wrestling. There's people I I'm friends with that know the era, but didn't live it. You and right. DJ live that era, and we're actually older than me in the process of that era. So you 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 can definitely feel the vibe of what I'm, I'm, I'm what I'm saying and whatnot, and and it, it's good. It's good. I, lo- I love I love that era. So yeah. So looking forward to that next week with you. Yeah. Right, man. So uh. So thanks again, and thank you to all of you listening, and as Mm -hmm. always, uh, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and until next time, everybody.